0: Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. Join us each session for a deep dive of real talk and inspiring interviews with conscious, awakened souls who are realizing epic fulfillment by living on purpose, with intention, and in alignment. Come find out how they have created their life to be this epic fulfilling experience. I'm a lifestyle coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, personal development junkie, and most of all, your host for this epic journey where you can also learn how to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. See you on the other side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benson. And in real time, it's June 8th, 2020. And while we're still in the midst of a global pandemic, we've got some more serious issues going on here in the United States. And it's even reached other countries who are also protesting in the person of color's honor. And I speak about black people. There are a lot of people with different colors, right? But this has, in the United States, been an issue for anybody that's black forever. And they have been unfairly treated. There is injustice and an inequality in a lot of things, but especially our justice system. And it has caused who knows how many real deaths of black individuals over the years, most recently being George Floyd. And while this podcast may cause me to lose some friends, and I mean, I use that term friends loosely, or lose some listeners, I really don't care because this is something that needs to be addressed. Obviously, uh, if you've seen my picture on my podcast, you can tell that I'm a white woman, So I have been born into privilege, and when I say that, when we talk about white privilege, it's not that we necessarily didn't have a hard life. I came from a very poor family. For a lot of years, we didn't have much, but I will tell you for certain, I was never discriminated or had a harder life because of the fact that I was white. Now, Did I have my challenges being a woman, especially at 57 growing up in the 60s and 70s? Yes, that's a total other issue, though. No one ever discriminated against me for being white, nor did I have a harder life because I was white. And that's what privilege means. I think there's a lot of misinformation for people that are not of color, that are white, And I'm also speaking to those that may be mixed, but look white, because while you may have faced some prejudice with maybe a family member or somebody that knew you were from a family that was mixed, it's not the same as walking around in that skin every day, right? And you guys know it. We know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. We know that there's an inequality in the United States, and there always has been, and there's probably an inequality across the entire planet. However, I can only speak to what I see here because I was raised here. I lived in Japan for a few years as a child, but I was too small to have noticed anything like that. In fact, for me, I didn't really realize that people were different colors until I was eight and heard a word that I will not repeat in relation to my black boyfriend, although I thought he was just tan. That's another issue. And you can be like me and not prejudiced or a uh, racist, but if we don't speak up, if we don't stand up for the minority in this country, then we might as well be. Because we're complacent and we're not doing the right thing. And I will own the fact that I have not done the right thing. I've always been very verbal. I've never allowed anyone to do that sort of thing in front of me, including family members. When I was even a small child, when I had a family member use a word that I will not repeat. But that is not the same as changing the laws and changing society and helping make the change. Because I believe I'm correct that black people make up only 15% of our population. They cannot effectively change laws and bring justice to this matter without the rest of us. Now, and that includes our, you know, our brown friends, our Asian friends, Hispanic, whatever, LGBTQ community, they've been widely, you know, (laughs) discriminated against as well. So if we all bind together, we can make change quickly and forever instead of just going on with the status quo, because what happens is we all get outraged when these things happen. Those of us that are not racist, that do know that this happens, we get outraged, right? We get outraged along with them, but we're not faced with this on a daily basis, So it's easy for us to go back to the status quo as things die down, as things start quieting, and we don't stand up and keep using our voice along with them. And they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. They tried to peacefully protest. They tried to take knees. They tried to do all kinds of things, and we didn't like that. And now when they rose up, we don't like that. So they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. And now we're having mostly peaceful protests because we know that those rioters are a small faction of the population and they're not just people that are black. I would guarantee you there are some of every race in there, and I saw plenty of white people on the videos doing the damage. Those people aren't protesting those people are creating damage because that's what they like to do or they seek opportunities to loot and pillage. That's just a faction of the population. That is not related to the protesters. Now, I do believe possibly there was some damage done by them to police departments, windows, and things like that. And why do you think that is? Because they weren't heard. When people are not heard, sooner or later they are not going to take it anymore. And that's what happened in this case. Some of us need to put ourselves in their shoes so we can actually sort of understand, although if we are not black, we are never going to understand truly what it's like to walk in their shoes in this country. We are not. I mean, we can imagine, what I do is I take that, what I think it would be, And I multiply it by 10 and then 100 and then 1,000 just to try to even sort of feel what they must feel on a daily basis, although I'll never really know. You'll never really know if you're white. Now, I'm not saying that brown people and Asian people and other groups like LGBTQ don't understand somewhat, although the LGBTQ community... If they're white, you know, unless they're specifically, you know, saying something, nobody might not know they belong to that community, right? So they're not going to face it just by walking in a store necessarily. So we just need to come together as a nation and realize enough is enough. Why have we made them wait? Why? I ask myself that every day now. Why did I not rise up with them and continue to rise up with them and support them in this? Because that's what's going to take. It's going to take the majority to make the effective change in the country that we need to see. Now, Martin Luther King, he was an eloquent speaker, a man of peace, a man of beautiful words and ideals. His freedom speech is beyond reproach. The man died at the hand of violence, and that's no reflection on him. That's a reflection of the way this country has worked. And it wasn't in his favor or his family's favor, obviously, right? He was a brilliant man. And most of the protesters are peaceful now. They're doing the right thing. They're just not remaining quiet. And there's a lot of people of different colors, including whites, joining them to help them in the march. But the thing is, we've got to keep up. We've got to continue until effective change is actually made. We cannot let the status quo continue. We just can't. Because if we do We're just like the police officer that is being charged with the death of George Floyd. We're complacent. We're complicit. We're not doing what we know we need to do to affect change. So we might as well add ourselves to the list of the other police officers that are being charged for standing by and not doing anything, right? And I mean that, of course, not factually, right? We're obviously not going to get charged. But I'm trying to put that in my mind now because I didn't speak up before, because I didn't stay the course, because I did not continue to speak up and let things die down when all the other instances have happened that I was outraged about. That I feel that I'm complicit in the death of George Floyd, What do you think about that? Do you feel complicit at all? Do you have any responsibility for not speaking up when we should have? And I'm not saying you should have. I'm saying I do. And so now I am going to continue this path until effective change has been made. So that no black woman, man, child need to fear for their life need to act a different way than the rest of us because of the color of their skin. And that will be also for the Native American, any Latinos, any Asians, any population that has been discriminated against, even uh, religious groups, you know, the Jewish, uh, the Muslims. And we need to make these laws based on that one community and it will trickle down to everyone else. It's so, so important. I, I can't believe, I mean, this last couple of weeks, I've been sitting there and watching things on TV and I'm angry with myself. I'm angry with White people that we could sit by idly and let this continue to happen and not rise up and protect them from ourselves and our institutions. The justice system needs an overhaul. And I know not all cops are bad. There are many great police officers out there. There's always that segment of the population and Every single career that they're just not meant to be there, and we need to set up our system to win more checks and balances, a third outside party that reviews all cases where police officers are, you know, accused of wrongdoings. We need to train our police better so that they don't act out of fear, because sometimes that's what happens. You know, most police officers don't have to draw their weapon on a daily basis, or some go their entire career without doing it. But we're not giving them continued training and giving them awareness training and training on properly how to restrain, obviously, you know, people, whether they're resisting arrest or not. Like, Mr. Floyd was not resisting arrest, at least not in anything I've seen, and all of the reports say he wasn't. And we need to weed out the bad ones. There are bad ones in everything, and that doesn't mean they're bad people. They're just people not suited for the position. Some people are not psychologically suited to do that sort of work. And we need better training, we probably need to pay our police officers more because then we can be more selective, can't we? It's just like our teachers. We pay all our civil servants so little that we don't always get the best of the best. And in a country that should be the best of the best, we should be getting the best of the best in everything that's civil service. At least that's what I believe. And I'm not trying to detract from the issue at hand because it's more than just the police force. It's the entire justice system. It's the way laws are written. It's the way that people are allowed to behave without consequence in this country. It's sad. It's so sad that some people believe that the color of someone's skin or their religion or their sexual status, or, you know, whatever they want to call their personage, their being, whether male, female, transgender, non-gender specific, whatever it is. It's crazy to me that so many people have so many biases against someone who is different. And I found in life, and this is not always true, because there's just people that are, um, you know, I'm not even going to qualify that, but in my experience, a lot of the prejudiced is just ignorance. And what I mean by ignorance, I don't mean they're stupid. I mean they're ignorant of people of that group. Maybe they've never had, they live in rural America in a very specific area where they don't have any cultural diversity. Maybe they're predominantly all white Catholic or all Anglo-Saxon Catholic you know, whatever side, a particular religion. Maybe they're all, you know, Mormon or, you know, the Amish that kind of keep to themselves. Although the Amish were some of the first people to stand up for people's rights in this latest incidence, which I was extremely happy to see. Not that I doubted that they were feeling that way, but it was good to see that. So we need to develop the laws that stop, this from happening. We need to reform our justice system, including our police departments. And we need to press forward with this, with vigor and interest and demand change from our elected officials. We're an election year. This is when we have a lot of power. We need to write letters to our senators and our representatives, talk to our local officials. We need to do whatever we need to do to right this wrong. This is a wrong that has been going on forever. And while no, we don't owe anything for what our ancestors did, we don't. But we do owe now for what we are doing or what we are not doing. And if you're not taking a stand with, if you're idly watching because you think it doesn't involve you or affect you, There might be a point where it does personally affect you when you end up with a family member, either by marriage or adoption or whatever the case may be, that is not the same color as you or the same religion as you or the same, you know, uh, you might be straight and they might be gay and you've never had a gay family member. And we are mo- I'm mostly talking about black right now, but it, it trickles down to everything. If we can adjust the system to stop doing what it's been doing to black people all these years, it will also affect every other community that has faced prejudice, bias, bigotry, racism... It doesn't matter, they, it will address that. And so do you want to be one of those who sit idly by and don't act and expect the minority to fix the situation when we know it's not possible without our help? It's just not possible. That's why this is continued and continued and continued and it will still continue unless we all bind together and put an end to it. So the thought I leave you with is, if it were your child, your brother, your father, your sister, your wife, your niece, your nephew, your best friend, that had to live with this persecution day in and day out, because of the color of their skin, if you had to talk to your child and tell them that you need to act a certain way that's different than everyone else because of the color of your skin, would it make a difference? And if it would, put yourself in that shoe every day and remember what they're going through. Even though we can't fully understand it when we're white, we just can't. You can at least empathize and you can support and you can do the right thing and you can stand up for our brothers and sisters of color and stop this travesty from continuing because it is a travesty. So please write your senators, attend protests, send letters, vote, vote, vote be vocal, and let your black brothers and sisters know that you've got their back. And that means when you see an injustice taking place on the street, in a store, wherever it is, until we get this reformed, which this is not going to be overnight, please do the right thing and stand up for that person. Don't allow the injustices to continue. And I'm not saying to attack the police or anything like that, but you can step in and say, you're being too rough. Call the police, call 911, report what's going on. You know, there are lots of options besides idly standing by and watching it without getting physically involved. Because I know some people are going to be, you know, at fear of getting hurt themselves, and that's a natural thing. We are self-protective, but there are things you can do to help quell this if you see it occur. And in the meantime, if you pray, pray hard for our brothers and sisters of color. Pray hard for the police force, for the good police officers who are getting tainted by this. Pray hard for the good judges and people in the justice system that are good people who are not perpetrating these things. Pray hard for everyone involved. But most of all, speak up, stand up, and support our black brothers and sisters because that's the only way, the only way we're going to affect true change in this country. I love you guys. You have just the most beautiful day, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at Tracy Benson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.